Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Alongside us, I've got the highest earning personal trainer in the world, in Mr. The world. Glenn Holmes. How's it going, mate? It's going well. How are you? I'm going well. I'm going well. I wore a bra today with some balloons down the chest looking like tits for a breast cancer awareness charity class, and we raised over $1,500. So, yeah, it's been That's good. amazing. It's been good. Did the uh, breasts have nipples? They did, because what the girl done who put them in is... She turned them round, so do you know the bit where you blow up with a knot in? That was like the nipple part, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, so on this podcast, we talk about all sorts. We tell some stories about living in Los Angeles, how, how crazy it has been. Some uh, really crazy stories. Some, like, like and we probably told like a tenth of the ones that we've got. Yeah, I think we've got a, a little bit too honest, if I had to say. Yeah. Like, well, not too honest. We're always honest on the podcast, always. But we revealed a little bit too much why Glenn got arrested, uh, why I felt like punching someone's head in. Not recently, by the way. I didn't get arrested recently. This, we were talking 10 years ago, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was it, uh, 10 years ago. It wasn't ago. that long ago. It was last weekend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about um, flying private when I flew pri- on a private jet with Brendan Shab and Tim Tebow. The interesting things that happened on that private jet was a great story. Uh, also talked about the property taxes. Living in America as well, like owning a $10 million property. And the property tax you've got to pay on that, is it worth renting a place for 20 grand a month or is it worth buying one for $10 million? We, yeah. talk, we get into that because of the pros and cons. Uh, also, we touch on careers, career paths. And, I mean, mm. this was a fun, fun podcast, what we enjoyed doing. Guys, if I can ask you to do us a favour, that will really help the show, and that would be a leave a review on iTunes. We've just reached 75 reviews, so I'll be announcing the winner of the competition where we come and do a training session with me uh, in Box and Burn, Santa Monica. We announce that next week. But for now, if you can leave me another review, that would be fantastic. We're going to give a, a, send a T-shirt out to the best review when we hit 100 reviews. I want to tell you how to do it because iTunes make it very difficult to leave reviews now on the, the iTunes app. So what you do, you click on the search bar, you type in Box and Life Podcast, and then you click on Reviews. If you're subscribed or not subscribed, it's the same thing. Please do this. You click on Reviews, and then underneath that, it just says Write a Review. Then you can leave your review that way. Have you noticed that they make it really hard to leave reviews now? Yeah, a lot of people struggle to even like get to the review yeah. page or the spot where you actually start typing to leave a review. Because I'm subscribed to podcasts and you can't leave reviews. You've got to actually search for the ones that I'm subscribed to in the search bar and then do it. If you're not subscribed as well, you may as well hit subscribe while you're there and you get a notification every time we upload a podcast. Anyway, here it is, the Boxing Life Podcast with me and Glenn. Please enjoy this show. Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time. For us to so I've just gotten back from Hollywood and I cannot believe what happened. <laughs> I cannot believe it, mate. First off, why did you go to Hollywood? Oh, in Hollywood, we've got Jack and Henry staying with us. And because Jack's from Sunderland, Henry's is from Wales, we need to do the touristy things. Mm. It's a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I thought, take the wife, kids, and, and them two kids as well. They're both 20-year-old. And uh, so my daughters love Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse. Like all our kids do. And we're seeing Minnie Mouse dressed up. So, oh, I... You're going to get a picture, and I'm going to put the picture on. I'll put it on boxingburnpodcast.com forward slash 69. This episode's 69. Oh, and now we've got the new episode. So, boxingonlinepodcast.com <laughs> forward slash 69. I'm going to put this picture on of Minnie Mouse <laughs> counting a big fat wad of cash. If you want to see this picture, go there. 
So my daughter was like, oh, Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Minnie Mouse. Love, like, loving her. I'm like, all right, let's get a picture. And you know you've got to pay these people, yeah. right? So I'm taking a picture and all that. And, and, I, and it comes to paying up. I've got no, no dollars. I'm going to give a couple of dollars. You had no dollars on you? No dollars. Just like, What's I, new? <laughs> I just had hundreds. <laughs> no, I, I had hundreds, fifties. Uh, so I come to pay them. No one had money on it. You know, so I was like, uh, so Minnie Mouse says to us, yeah, I've, I've got a change here. So I give her a 50. She gives us, she says, how much do you want back? I said, I want uh, $47 back. So she gives us two 20s and, and then uh, $7. So I went, all right, Sam. So anyway, th- fr- from there I went and, and seen fucking Spider-Man Spider-Man said, oh Spider-Man gets a picture with Spider-Man on, this is all like them cartoon characters on Hollywood Boulevard yeah, right? so next people door. in suits yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So people in suits I should explain that so it's next to where all the stars are on the streets and yeah, all that yeah. so it's, uh, Spider-Man Spider-Man so, like, oh, so he gets a picture with Spider-Man and he says can I pick her up I went yeah pick her up she's only three pick her up and she's all like buzzing and all that so <clears throat> give him a give him three dollars he went what the fuck's that <laughs> I was like uh, what do you mean? That's what he said. he said. Come on, man, where are you from? I said, I'm from England. He went, Yeah, it's not fucking 1980. What the fuck's that? <laughs> give, me, give, give me $10. I went, I haven't got $10. He went, I'll give you a change. I'm like, No, mate, there's $3. You can get that. So I said, Olivia, I know the score. You know, so you, this is what they must do with tourists to try, yeah, and, try and get, get, the tourists, get one over yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Like, Cheeky bastard, Spider Man. I was getting angry because yeah. Spider Man was in my face. <laughs> was he a big fella? Not really. I was <laughs> smashed his head in. Spider-Man or not. You know what I mean? This is a great story. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so I give him, give him the $3. I give him the $3 that I got off Minnie Mouse. So I went for food and all that. Done all the touristy shit. Went down to pay for the Valley Apartment. I give the, give the fella a, a $20 bill. And he got his pen out. Word. Went, That's a fake. When you're fucking joking. Minnie also, Mouse. this is from the change from Spider-Man. This is from the change from Minnie Mouse. Or from Minnie Mouse. <laughs> So Minnie Mouse on Hollywood Boulevard just it's giving you fake just money. fucked us off with a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> I remember that. that. That was just like an hour ago. So what happened it. at the valet parking? So I had to give him, I had to give him a, a bigger note and get him to split up. But he gives, he gives us a back. Now I've got this this twenty dollar bill and I'm absolutely sick because I'm you know the phrase you can't kid a kidder. Yeah. I like to think I'm a kidder. I've spent dodgy money before and all that when I was younger. And I've just been had got screwed by <laughs> Minnie Mouse, <laughs> Minnie Mouse. And it's funny because when when she was putting the money in a pocket, I, I had my phone. I was doing a little video. I thought, oh, because she had a big fat wad of money. I was like, ah, look at that. That's yeah. a good picture. So like I said, I'll put that on uh, boxlifepodcast.com forward slash sixty nine. You feel to see that there? Um, that's interesting. That I wonder how how many people get screwed like that on a daily basis because there's thousands of people up and down that street yeah. every day doing that touristy shit. And the Probably th- just getting screwed and getting given fake money, you know, all, yeah. all and day. The, and the good thing for them about doing that is that, like, 99 times out of 100, they're not going to see that person again because they're here on holiday, yeah. you know. Uh, and then there's the there's the, the lads giving up the CDs. Have you seen them? Oh, yeah, they're when so annoying, up, annoying. Oh, yeah, have a CD. It's yeah, free. It's, a free. Yeah. it's my music. I've made it. You're like, yeah. oh. They're pushy as fuck as well. It's like, you don't want, I don't want your CD. I'm all right. They give you the well, CD. Give, have the CD. They put the headphones on it's your like head. It's who listens to a CD now. <laughs> I don't even have anything to put a CD into. <laughs> Not even my laptop has a CD right, drive yeah. on it. No. Yeah, they'll be going out of business soon. Yeah. So, 
I, the, the, the push it in here, here's me CD, headphones on you, you're like, fuck, do you like me music? Yeah, yeah, CD's free, I just want a tip. Yeah. And it's the same, like, yeah. if you give them to it, what, fucking two dollars? You listen to it, they force you to listen to it for like 20 seconds, and then it's charge you for that 20 seconds of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they make you feel so uncomfortable mm. as well. And that is as if, as if anyone's ever going to get a record deal or get anywhere out by doing yeah. that. <laughs> but I bet you they're making dough by doing it. I doubt it. Right. I don't think Spider-Man's making dough. You know, have you not ever noticed that all them characters on Hollywood Boulevard as well? They're all like scruffy people and their suits are really like shit. They're really dirty. They're I've, really unclean. I've seen this story on there about, on, on Facebook. I'd, people might have seen this and if not, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, we'll try and find it on YouTube about Superman who'd been there for like 25 years. Yeah. He was a ringer. He looked exactly like... I've seen him. Have you seen him? I've seen him, yeah. Because well, I, I I went to a a college on Hollywood Boulevard, so I was up and down there every day for six months when so I first got here. All the time. Yeah. So you see how much he looks like him. It's like, whoa, you've got to look twice because yeah. it's, it's absolutely missing. He's got his mask on. He's that perfect. And his teeth is, I don't know if you remember, his teeth are like perfectly white yeah, yeah. teeth. Well, And like the curl and all that. Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. Well, he got he got beat up and I think they smashed his teeth in as well. Oh, and they took everything off him. <laughs> Why am I laughing well, at that? No, no, miss. It's his bread and butter. It's like someone smashing you with wrist and you kind of work again. I know, I know, it's all. Uh, and it, it was really upsetting. I think they didn't fund, they fund me or something to raise money from. Wow. But it was so sad. Shit, that's horrible. <laughs> but the, the, but them, I just remember them suits being really horrible. Like they're yeah. like dirty and shit. And I'm like, I think the people in them are just, you know, like homeless or, well I, not homeless but like you know what I mean I wonder so, if you need a license there because I'm telling you them's making dough if I was a shitty tourist I would have given at least five dollars if you if you try to rape us with ten I would have given five right you know I actually used to train a guy you know all them touristy shops that have got I love Hollywood I yeah. love LA that just proper junk shit I trained a guy who owns all of those and all the Vegas ones all of them he's, a, a lot he, of them. he's about 26 and he's a multi-millionaire Bloody hell. And my wife used to cut his hair. That's how I started training him. And she said to him, what do you do? And he goes, I sell shit. She's <laughs> like, well, what do you do? He's like, no, I, I sell junk. That's what I'm in the business of. So wow. all those touristy shops in Vegas and on the strip in Hollywood and all that, he owns all of them. Wow. He's got them all down. And I was wondering if them cartoon characters who stand on the street and stuff if they're all run by like an agency or right. a company or something I don't think they're, they're just random people that have put a suit on well, that business there's like got to be some sort of restriction that business that like you're talking about that your fella makes it is, it is shit like uh, today I was I was looking there and they've got the, but it makes a fortune yeah they've got the like Oscar looking plastic awards and mm. it's like the world's best dad the world's best mum the world's best niece and all that yeah. for all the tools to buy yeah. and, and they're like $20 each they must cost them like like something you a expect dollar. to get from the 99 cent store yeah. You know, it's a business model. It's brilliant. So good. Like, as well in LA, what you can do, you can they sell these T-shirts everywhere, like uh, I Love LA and all of the, the ones with pot on and all that yeah. shit and Donald Trump and all that. Yeah. And the tourists go mad for them and they buy them down Venice Beach and everywhere. And you can go down uh, downtown LA. There's like a, a bit of a ghetto part in downtown LA. Have you been there yet? Where it's like... A, the shopping district. It's called the fashion district. Oh, like the fashion district. And the, yeah. like there's the arts district, the fashion district. There's right. a bunch of different districts. And yeah. it's like being in Thailand where they're selling all the snide gear, but it's not so much snides where you can buy, 
you can buy these t-shirts you can buy like 10 for 10 dollars wasn't the american apparel store in right. that area yeah i know yeah. what you mean it was you right mean. down there yeah yeah but with these t-shirts that they're selling on venice beach for 30 dollars each yeah you can go down there and get 10 for 10 dollars yeah because the quality is just shit yeah so that's the kind of same thing with a uh is that these awards and these things that are selling in the, in the shops tourists go mad for them i know it's mad that's what i don't get is like what you'd think who buys this stuff but then just walk down the boulevard and you're like oh they, but these, when i first these people when i first it. come here i would buy it because you're coming in and it's like you're in los angeles yeah you're the only for a short sign. period of time you need a souvenir because yeah. you can't believe you've seen the hollywood sign yeah you know and like like just there i've done a little instagram story the hollywood sign even now i've been here five just over five years even when I see the Hollywood sign, I'm like, shit. Yeah. I live here. I got over that stuff quick, though, me. Hollywood. Do you? Yeah, I, I can't stand Hollywood. It does my head in. I just think it's dirty and packed and it's just so overrated. People come to LA and think, I've got to see the Hollywood sign. I've got to go to Hollywood and go up and down Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset and all that. And like, there's so much better shit than to LA. Than see, that. I, I, I disagree. I, I'm one of them people who love that shit. Like, I buzz off that, like, whoa, look, what's the Hollywood sign? You know, I, I love it, and I can see why other people do. It's just soup. It's just proper tacky. It's like, but it is to us because we've lived here for so yeah, long. Yeah. But I, I did be surprised. I did get surprised when I first came to LA and I seen uh, how shit Hollywood was. Because I was expecting it to be like Rodeo Drive, yeah, down yeah. Beverly Hills. I was yeah. expecting it to be that, but I was like, wow, Hollywood's. See, dirty. that's worth going to. Yeah, go down there. Right, that's next level. And when when we were driving back, I was just driving through Beverly Hills, and again, it's like, wow. I live here. You see the the Beverly Hills sign, like you see yeah. off, off Beverly Hills Cop when we were kids, and all the massive houses. And I was telling Jack and, and uh, Henry about like all the celebrities living in these houses, like ridiculous. Yeah. I was talking about with with Sarah, my wife, when we're driving back. Was I wonder if it's like you you can see I can see now why people rent here rather than buy because if you don't know this and you and you're from the UK and you listen to this. Where we pay council tax, these pay property tax. They pay one point, I think it's one point one or one point two percent of the value of the house each year in tax. Yeah. And down these streets in Beverly Hills, you can't get a house for less than five, ten million dollars. So, if you're, if you've got a, if you own a ten million dollar house, now you've got to pay a hundred and twenty grand a year property tax. Yeah. That's ten grand a month property tax. Yeah. So I was seeing the server like. I wonder if it is worth buying a house. It, obviously, she said, well, if you've got 10 million to buy a house, 120 grand a year is nothing. Yeah. But what I was thinking was, uh, if it's, is it better to rent? Because when you're renting, now that's part of your tax write-off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people slag off renting because they're like, oh, you're just throwing your money away. It's dead money. It's not an investment. Right. But in, in LA, it's to, to get, just to give anyone who's outside of LA a picture, it's like to get... A decent modern house to own in a good area is like a lifetime of work to get to that point. Oh yeah. So you, you've got not much option. So I'd rather rent a decent spot in a, de a decent gaff in a decent area yeah. while you're doing all right. Right. And then try and build towards that later on. A lot of people are like, I've got to, I've got to, um, I've got to own, I've got to own, I've got to own. But I'm, I don't know. It's just different people like different things but I'm not really like that but it's interesting you mentioned about the property tax because I was just talking to one of our friends Paul King who's been on this podcast in the past yeah. about that and he was telling me his rents or his uh, mortgage on his house that he built himself is a certain amount and then the property tax that he pays on top of that 
was like almost a quarter of that mortgage payment Bloody each month. Hell. But he pays it annually. He pays a property yeah. tax annually. And it's just like, if you add that on top of the mortgage payment, it's like, it's almost like doubling your yeah. mortgage payment. People forget that. Like it's you like, think, oh, it's only going to cost me this much, but then throwing the property tax, like yeah. shit, it's like it's double. Like, if you, when you've said, people say before, like I'll, I'll win, and I've said it before, I'll win $10 million, I'll buy a house in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah, but now you need a hundred, now you need 10 grand a month. Just your property tax. Just to have it. <laughs> not, even, not even anything else. Yeah. No, it, it's mad uh, how much it is. I remember when, I was first over here, and me and Kev were going to, going to business with Boxing Bell with Mickey Rock. We went to Mickey Rock's house. He lived in one of them big houses in, in uh, Beverly Hills. This was like six years ago, and his missus, uh, Anna, she was a model. I don't know if they're still together or not, his girlfriend. I was like, wow, this house is amazing. And she told us, she went, oh, he gets a great deal on the rent. I'm like, all right, how much? 16 grand a month. So he rented that? He rented it. Yeah. And I, I, that's when I was like, why the fuck would you pay 16 grand a month? Do you remember Michael Jackson was renting his house on Sunset Boulevard, the one that he died in? Oh, I. Was it like, I think, 100 grand a month? Or something yeah. Like that? You see them when you look on magazines for 100 grand a month, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. But it, like, like, if then it, you're like, why wouldn't you buy? But then you think of property tax. It's probably that, why. That's going to be 100 grand a month, yeah. right? And when, when you're a celebrity, like, like, like Mickey Rock moving about and all that, you know. Mm. But it was funny because he was paying like 16 grand a month rent for his house. Uh, back then when I come over here, I thought that, that's, uh, that was ridiculous. I mean, now we've got friends who pay that, you know. And well, you pay that on, on Brentwood, Jim. We, well, we, pay, we pay more than more that. More than that, yeah. But that's for, that's for, uh, that's for a, a business, you know. Yeah. But people are paying this, and when I first came, I was like, "Wow!" But now we've got people. We know people who's doing that. Uh, it's mad, but like I said, I can, I can see why they're doing it. And the value of the property over here has just went up through the roof. And me and Kev were talking on the last podcast on episode sixty-eight about how I was driving down Montana the other day, and all these businesses closed down. But I can see why they're closing down because the rent's going up through the roof. Yeah, you know. Uh, I heard that the Chinese are buying all the places in LA, yeah. which is which is mad, you know, for investments to get green cards and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And now all what, these businesses. What I heard is what's happening. There's a trend of people from outside the country, like you said, China, buying properties in specifically in LA. Yeah. And just leaving them there. Yeah. No one's living in them. They're just buying them, and they're just kind of sitting around. Yeah, I've heard they've like fucked San Francisco because. They're doing it even more up there, and you, you can't even rent a place now up there because pe- they've bought them all and they're not even living in them, you know. And and that, I mean, but like I said, the 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 rent on on locations it's so hard to to run a business here. Yeah, we we try and try and we try and harder than most people to run a business, and it's so tough. And as as well, not, not just the rent is the fucking arseholes in LA. Like we, me and Kev, what I caught. Uh, the other day, yeah. some arsehole trying to sue us for yeah. something sh- for something ridiculous, you know. Uh, that's, that's the culture in it. It's yeah. like I think someone said to me the other day, um, "You've not you've not owned a business, or you've not lived or owned a business if in LA if you haven't if you haven't been sued yet." Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of like, like, like if you've, you've not been a playboy and you put an STD. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but. I we were in court sitting there like for a full day and, and we never even got seen. We got adjourned and I kind of see right now what it was for. But as soon as this, we've got to go back in November. But as soon as it's over, I'll be able to be able to talk all about it. And then uh, as well, we've been trying to get sued for something else. A locker like went over on a girl and and, and never heard. I don't know. So 
that and then the other thing with the we've spoken about in the podcast before when we got sued for put, putting a oh, Mayweather fight, fight on, on yeah. there. Yeah. But we only ended up paying five grand for that when they told us it was going to be two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. So if we if we getting busy if we getting people trying to sue us all the time, which we haven't. Uh, had to close down yet I can see why these businesses are closing down because right. you've got these arseholes like where we from in England I don't think I know anyone who sued anyone for something like that it's yeah. like oh shit we just sort our shit out don't we and, just kinda get and that's what I was saying to Kev about this one rather the day like if it was in England it would have been handled a different way yeah. you know yeah. like well, men were 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 talking out we're like yeah. alright this is how this is what happens it's this really is, weird it's like when it's the same with like on the street or whatever, if you get into an argument with some someone, yeah, like we're used to like, oh you you fight or you don't fight or you right. just sort it out, yeah. You and it's it like out. the minute someone's slightly threatened or intimidated here, it's like boom, phones out nine one one, yeah, calling the cops, calling. Do you know what I mean? It's like they just let the courts and the police yeah, handle it's, everything, it's, all the business for it's them. So, it's so scary over here because you kind of do a, a, a thing, yeah. a thing like because of that shit. I mean, I, I guess it's safer. This <laughs> this morning I'm driving. Uh, I learned that lesson pretty quick. <laughs> oh, your road rage and all that. Yeah. Tell well, us well, 2007 or 2008, I got arrested. I got into a fight in a bar. and well, that's not road rage. No, it was, that was that was a separate incident. But I got arrested for fighting. Well, technically, I got arrested for drunk in public and resisting arrest. I got into a fight, hit a guy in a bar, and then he scarped with his missus. By the time the police had come, they'd gone. They arrested my mate, who I was with, took him outside, put him on the floor in cuffs, right? He's down, face down on the floor in cuffs. And then I ran outside, saw him on the floor, and they tasered him while he still had <gasps> handcuffs on. No. Yeah. Tev. <laughs> oh, Tev? Yeah. So he's there in agony on the floor being tasered and it just like, it sent me into like, I just lost control because I've been drinking but I saw him in agony and I was like, you pussies, you know what I mean? To the police? I just ran up to him. I went, what the f*** are you doing to him like this? I'm like, get out of him like this. Oh. And then I was just like, head down on the police car arrested. Wow. So scary. It was, at the time I was scared as shit and the, 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 handcuffs was so tight they cut right into my wrist and left like they cut all open on my wrist here had a big right. cut on my Shit. wrist still got a scar from it and um the cop who was driving us to the police station was just an asshole um my wife came to the police car while i was in the back of the car saying it's all right he's with me I, like wow. I, I can take him home it's all right everything's fine he's going nope he's going to jail Dude. just just assholes and then um we actually had a funny night in the cell because we were in the next door to each other in the cell, so we just stayed up all night having banter and taking the piss and stuff. But uh, when when we, we at the time coming out, we were scary because we hadn't got full uh, citizenship or anything like that. We were still yeah. on green cards. And we're like, shit, we could get deported. They could take that off us. It was really scary. And we we uh, got lawyers involved and and hired them to protect us and ended up getting it reduced to like a noise ticket. Right. So we only had to pay a small fine. But the best part was, the funny side of it was we had to go and do 15 AA meetings. Oh. <laughs> so we had to go and do AA meetings every week, which we had some fun with. And then uh, it came out in the local newspaper, like the area we were in. It was like, 
two youths were arrested this weekend. These were the first two youths to be arre- uh, arrested for drunk in public and resisting arrest in this town for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw that and we were like, get it. <laughs> Take a bad you want it. Hashtag English. <laughs> yeah. Once we knew we got away with it, we seen the new, uh, the new story and all that. We were like, oh, result. Well, that's the thing <laughs> with the police who have re- where they've got them guns, you know, and I, I can't tell you how afraid I am of guns. And I, I'm in a coffee shop and you see them and I'm this close to the police's gun. And it's just right there it's in his pocket. It's just there. Yeah. And that shit, it's supposed to keep you safe or whatever. That shit scares me more than anything, yeah. a gun. I was on the, um, uh, what's it called, the Wardcast podcast with with Scott and I was done it in his house. Scott is a, is a SWAT guy. I'm going to get him on this show soon. He works for Santa Monica's SWAT team. Uh, proper badass cop like you you can see he is and when we're in, in his house in his garage he was like oh and I've got things stashed away everywhere and I was like what do you mean and he just pulled something from underneath the desk fucking gun fucking hell. and I was like oh. and he went is it loaded he went sure as the bullets I was like shit I got I got nervous my yeah. heart started beating yeah, yeah. fast and he went here I've got a fucking what's them baton things called got one of these yeah. another, another gun here knife here knife shit. I'm like whoa this motherfucker's prepared and <laughs> <laughs> But they do not think, right, if you want to talk about it on a big picture, the, the, the country lives in kind of, there's like an underlying fear and a paranoia. It's like, I've got to have a gun in case shit goes wrong. I've got to protect myself. Right. Like, we don't think like that. No. We're think, like, nah, I, I, I don't live in if fear I had that a gun, shit's going to go wrong. If I had like a gun that. in this house, I would, I would be more fearful. Right. I would be on the back of my mind all the time. There's yeah. a gun if it's stashed in a safe or wherever. Yeah. There's a gun there. That's, you know, that scares me. We know firsthand as well through someone who used to work at the gym, who shot, shot themselves like two years yeah, ago. One of our trainers there, committed there was, suicide. There, there was a gun in the house. It's just like if that wasn't there. Got drunk one night on downer with drugs or whatever. I don't know if that's the case, but this is what happens. And next thing, blasted his cell away. Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, shit like that. And and if we could talk to them, I'm not using Brandon as just as an example, but like. Because I don't know the full situation behind that, but I know this shit happens with other people. It's it's scary. If the gun wasn't there, they had to take tablets to try and kill themselves. They don't kill themselves, go to the hospital, now they look like an arsehole. I've had close family to me do that. Yeah. If they had a gun, they would be fucking dead right now. Yeah, yeah. But now, because I'd, tab- I'd never had a gun, they had things to sh- slit the wrists, what never worked, or they had tablets, yeah. and they went to the hospital, they got fixed, now they're still alive. Like I say, this is close family to me. So, uh, that's the benefit of not having guns. Yeah. Because they'd be fucking brown dead, but, uh, brown bread right now. Yeah, yeah. No? It's interesting. So yeah. we've gone, right, from... Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the, 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 what we were talking about there, about not having to hold back from people because we're scared of the police. This morning, yeah. I'm, I'm driving down, uh, uh, what's it called, Colorado Boulevard next to the gym on the way back from the gym going, going home before the charity class. There's some fucking clown on a bike. By the way, if you... Cyclists are the biggest arseholes. Don't even get me started on this. Cyclists, mate. But Don't even get me started. So <laughs> let, let, let me tell you something about cyclists. Whole, we could do a whole separate podcast just on how much I, I hate cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> so the type of people, if you open your door, this, when, you, when they're driving past, they shout, oh, yeah, yeah, they call your arseholes. Anyway, this, this dickhead is in front of us. It's a massive two-lane road. And he's kind of, well, it's like a lean and a half, like a lean and a bike lane. It's just been done. Just so people know, in a lot of LA, there's a designated bike lane. Now. Right. 
this wasn't a bike lane. It was weird. It was like a road, but it had a, a big lane there, but it wasn't bikes. And I'm, and I'm driving up, and he's there, and he gnaws on behind him, and he's just taking his time. Yeah. And the fucking roads are empty. Yeah. There's no more cars around. And I'm there, and I'm thinking, come on, Dick. Come on, Dick. But I'm not, but I'm keeping me cool. I've got Jack in the car with us. He's laughing his head off. So <laughs> I beep start on. Beep, beep. And the cyclists, you know, how they get road rage. The Straight cyclists, away, yeah. Boom, snapped. The, the, the angry, eagles through the roof. Hands yeah. in the air. Hands in the air. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to wind this cunt up. <laughs> so I'm like, has gone mad. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> on the horn. Maybe he's gone mad. Jack gets his phone out and videos it. Tell you what, I'll get this video. I'll put it on uh, boxnightpodcast.com forward slash 69. I'll get the video on there. Y'all see it. It's funny. And uh, he's, he's fuming, this guy. He pulls his phone out. He's part of why he's riding the bike. Turns around, takes pictures of me cars. Yeah. This is on the video as well. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, you little prick, come on, yeah. move. Just move to the side. And then uh, we get to the traffic lights and then there's a car in front of us and he's there. I'm like, will you move, mate? Will you move? The... Uh, and, he's, and he's like, uh, you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. I'm like, I can't, I'm trying to go on. And anyway, then he moves off eventually after the traffic lights. I drive past him and I pull up next to him. I'm like, mate, what are you doing? What, what, what's all that about? He went, see, you, you can't get anywhere faster. You've got to wait for the traffic lights anyway. I'm like, no, mate. I said, you should fucking move you move out of the way. Yeah. Why are you not move to the side? And he went, there's not a bike lane here. I went, just move to the side. Anyway. And then he, and then I drive off and he and he goes on the path and drives on the path. Yeah. I've been following him for fucking five minutes and he and he's not even he's not even wanting to be on the road anyway. Yeah. Like, you little bellend. They they wind me up so much with the, they've always got them like the what so there's like I think like two different schools of cyclists. There's just people who are on a bike just yeah. getting about. Right. And then there's cyclists who've got the helmet, the That's fucking him. the tight gear. Yeah. No ass. <laughs> saggy little ass. The shoes. Little fat belly, them horrible shoes. And when they walk into a shop next to you, I'm going, the shoes are loud just as fuck. Clicking. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're like just horrible people. They're just like arrogant as fuck. Think they own the road, right? You never see them stop at a stop sign or a traffic light. They just do what they want. <laughs> and then do you just think they own the road and that they can drive or they can uh, cycle in the regular lanes? Right. You, you know, yeah. they just think they own the place. Remember one time I was driving back when I was coming from Hollywood one time. It was the same sort of thing. just in the middle of like Hollywood Boulevard or what it was, just cycling like this. For fuck's sake. And I was trying to get him to move over, right? And he, he same same exact situation. He's like shouting. He's going, "You can't get past." You. And I went. He's like, "We we we have rights on the road as well." I went, "Oh, you do, do you?" Right. I went, "Well, follow me onto the freeway. Let's see how you do on there." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, you know, what are you gonna do? You can't yeah. go. You know, just, you're talking the shit. The little pricks. The thing is, I'm hard as fuck. I'm, <laughs> I'm basic. I'm hard as fuck. I'm not scared, especially little prick on a bike. So I just thought. Please get off your bike. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't know what you said about that. <laughs> Please get off your bike. I'll get out the car. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what'll happen is exactly what we just talked about before. Let's see what Because I'll, I'll just. He'll, he'll pull out his phone and ring the cops. Yeah. I mean, I'd love it because we're in Santa Monica. Most people's not odd, right? Yeah. Because they're not really, aren't they? So these cyclists are things people's not odd. I'm hard, right? So I'll get out of the car. What's he got to do? You know what I mean? I love it. Just like, yeah. piece of shit. Come yeah, on. what are you going to do? But yeah. again, it's like, you, you, there's not much you can do. I remember before I was, so I'm running, training for a fight and 
there's this fella with his dog and he's got a bird with him and they're walking and I'm running up the steps next to Santa Monica Bluffs and he's taking the full row of the steps and they're pretty big because he's got the dog on the lead and the dog's right across there. The lead's uh, taking most of the path. And I'm like, I can't get past. It's like he owns the place. Exactly. And yeah. do you know when you're running, and I don't know if it's the same, you run all the time, but when I'm running and I'm running for a fight, I'm probably in the zone. Like I'm just totally focused. My yeah. mindset's on getting this run of the way because I don't like running. So I'm like, I, and then this, obviously, so I get to the top of the steps and I've got to like kind of jump over the dog because I want to get past. Hey man, what the fuck are you doing? He says, I turned around and went, what? What did you see? I took my headphones off. I said, what? What did you see? I fucking punched your head in. And I, I kind of lost lost my cool a little bit. Uh, and then he, then he backed off. But but like then I, I didn't I didn't know what Elio was like. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I, did, I didn't know like if I touched him, I would have been in jail. I think this is a good time to tell the story. Let's keep it going with these LA stories. I don't know, I mean, I don't know if we should because we're getting a bit honest. I know. <laughs> what about when I got spat on by a bum? Two weeks ago. Oh, God. <laughs> a right. really recent story. So on my way to work, I always stop off at, you've probably seen me post about it, Bulletproof Coffee. So I, pu- I park on the other side of the street to the coffee shop. And there's always one or two homeless guys on the on that side in the morning before the parking meters start. They're there and then they clear off once everyone starts getting up and Yeah, well, there's the homeless day. guys everywhere. Crazy folks. Yeah, yeah, they're crazy. And uh, same sort of approach you have. I'm like, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. Right. But the difference with someone who's homeless is I don't want to touch them. Yeah. I don't want to make contact with them. You know, like you cut your hand or like if you punch right. them, they might have yeah. something. You know what I mean? It's just not a good situation to be putting your hands on someone who's homeless. So anyway, I pull, I get out my car and I'm putting, I'm swiping my card on the meter yeah. to pay for my parking spot. And this guy, he's there all the time. He's always like shouting at the sky and telling people to fuck off and all this shit he's just a mad bastard and uh, I'm put, swiping the card and he, he starts shouting at me hey give me a quarter hey give me a quarter so I just haven't back to him I'm just completely ignoring him like ah, whatever just laughing just ignoring him he's always shouting about so I walked off got my coffee at Bulletproof come back when I start walking back up towards my car he stood in front of my car hey I was talking to you you ignorant give me all this shit Gets right in up to, close to me like this, and I had hot coffee. I'm like, if this if he gets any closer, I'm just gonna whiz this hot coffee <laughs> right in his face, or just smash his head. In. But then, like I said, I didn't want to touch him, so he's he's uh giving me all this shit, and then he just I just started laughing. I went, well, what are you gonna do like, what? <laughs> like yeah. this? And he just went oh, spits oh. like right at me. I went, whoa! It lands on my shoulder. I look at it, see it on my shoulder, and I just like gave him a lot of like get away from me now quick yeah. like don't even start and uh, I walked into my car and I did the American thing I didn't respond got right. in the car rang the police yeah and yeah. that's a sign that I've been because I've been here for like te- over 10 years right if you if I if that had happened to me it, within a couple of years of me being here it would have been like I would have just gone mad yeah you would have a fight with yeah. and got beat so in a way if you think of it that way it's probably a better thing no, it is. So it's, I, it's I rang good. the police and told them where he was and what he was going, where he was going. But then I remember I told you about that what happened, and you were like, "Oh, he won't even remember that tomorrow." 
Yeah. But then I saw him again about a week later. He's like, hey, man, I'm so sorry about what happened last time. I lose my cool and I've yeah. got schizophrenia. And, like, and I was like, whoa, he remembered? Couldn't I, believe it. I, I didn't know if they remembered or not because there is a lot of... I'll tell you what, we're really not selling Al here, are we? No, we're People not. Al <laughs> yeah, the best you get, place in the world. You, you pull up for your coffee in the morning, you get spit on. <laughs> you got cyclists pissing you off everywhere you go. <laughs> People trying to sue you for yeah. nothing. People giving yeah. you fake money. <laughs> Yeah, houses cost a shitload. <laughs> Fucking Minnie Mouse rips you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the, the t- property taxes killer. No, but the, the, the homeless people. And when I first come over, the people were talking to themselves, and I'd walk past them and talk. I'd say, "What are you here?" I used to see, and I used to not make fun of them, but I, I didn't really understand because I've never seen it before. Like yeah. these people are talking to themselves. I used to say, "What? What are you talking to me there?" Yeah, like if you, if you saw that in England, you'd just like rip them, right? Because we don't <laughs> see it. So I was. Not ripping them, but then my wife told us, like, listen, like, he doesn't got, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, they got, They think someone's there, they're talking to them, the, uh, what's it called? When, schizophrenic. When, the, the schizophrenic. Yeah. And now I just really feel sorry for them, people, yeah, yeah. you know, it's sad. <laughs> but most of them, there was a, were you in uh, Bulletproof the other week when we were sitting outside and there was this, this guy come up and he went, hey, hey man, have you got a dollar? Oh, I was really, yeah. Uh, like, no. And he refused to take no for like, an answer. He's like, please, man, I'm hungry. No man, please man, I'm hungry. And then he starts screaming, please, please, I'm starving, please, yeah. please, please. And this starts bull- shouting his head Bulletproof's off. packed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, this, this <laughs> fella, I think someone on the table gave him a dollar just to shoot him up because yeah. it was that embarrassing. And then he went the two tables down and there was a fella on his computer not even acknowledging him. Please, please, like screaming, and he, I think the guy was like on a call or something, wasn't he? Or he was like I, doing he a was, phone he was. or a FaceTime and the, meeting. Or and it was like <laughs> shit and he was just screaming, please, yeah. please. And I think the fella ended up giving him a five because that's all he had. Yeah. Fair play to him, he's getting, he's yeah, getting yeah. money, isn't he? Yeah. But it's like, if you, th- if you had all these stories up and now it must come across to people who don't live in LA, you think it's like living in a film, isn't it? Right. This is, this it is, is like living in a film. It, it but you is, just but get used to it. We'll get you, exactly, we'll get used to it. Like everything we've said on this podcast, well, just about everything is, is things that's happened in, in the last two weeks. That's just <laughs> popping overhead now. Imagine yeah. in the last five years, the shit that's happened, what we're we forgetting about. I know. But uh, yeah, I mean. It's I, only until you start get, like, telling, telling the stories of it that it seems like, oh, it's mad. Yeah. It's like. Normally, you just, you just take it in your stride a bit, like, right? Yeah, there's there's things that happen all the time. Like one thing that always pops to my mind, it's it's not so much a mad story, but like I went because there's there's lots of homeless people in Salamonica, and the if you were homeless, where would you want to live? Right, Venice Beach. Santa exactly, Monica. you want to live in Salamonica, yeah. and I it's like the uh, I don't know. I think I said this in the podcast before. It's like the I, mansion of homelessness. When I went and bought a ton of them cheeseburgers to give to the homeless people. Yeah. For McDonald's. Only didn't want it. 20 cheeseburgers. <laughs> and I couldn't even give them away because they're like, nah, what is it, McDonald's? Nah, I'm good. No, right. It's the homeless people. Like, He's there texting. <laughs> texting. They've all got mobile phones. Yeah. Anyway, I come outside the, the, the gym one morning when I was opening up. This was like a few years ago. And there was a massive, massive piece of human shit just out the doorway. This is before a class. Like, oh, so I, I, I had to clean it up, didn't I? I was the only one there, and I had to clean it up. It was, it was horrible to fuck, and I can still visualize the smell of it. And then, <laughs> just the other week, when I was coming back from the uh, the, the fit expo, I was bringing all the stuff back to the gym. There was a fella, mortal drunk, like outside the gym, like absolutely mortal. And I was, he was in the way where I was pulling the car, so I beeped on beep 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 beep, and he wouldn't wake up. Yeah. And I'm like, again, I didn't want to touch him. Because 
the the lifting, the clothes are dirty, the stinking. The, the, uh, this is like, I'm not trying to be, I don't know if this sounds like I'm being a dick, but it's true. Like, do you want to touch someone? No. I'm going to go home to my kids. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to touch someone. Yeah, and, and definitely see not. So I give him a little uh, a little tap on the, over the arse when, when we show, like, oh, yeah, mate, still nothing. I thought, yeah. fuck, he's dead. Just completely He's out. dead. So I got a bottle of water, squirt him with the water. Yeah. Oh, that way. Gets up, gets in his boxing stance, starts to fucking fight. I'm like, mate, go on, mate. I says, I'll try to move you. I'm doing this for you because yeah. I'm going to knock you over. Like, hey. just, then he was angry, but then he, then he calmed down. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drunk. Just give me, just give me a minute to, to clear my head. Yeah. Cleared his head and then he, then he, and went, he left. Yeah. You know? Well, I've got plenty of these as well, these homeless people stories. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's, I can think of loads of them off the top of the head. <laughs> they're off the heads. Uh, uh, I, I mean, there's more than that. Elias is just a, magnis- a magnificent place. And uh, well, the game when we're driving through Beverly Hills tonight, I said to uh, Sarah, or West Hollywood, I said, imagine some of the stories that's happened in this area in the past. Like, I bet you there's been like some celebrities being in this back alley with the fucking whatever or, or some crazy shit happening. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I don't think you'll have seen the programme Rhea Donovan. I know of it. It's the it's boxing themed, right? Or it was well, in the beginning. It's it's got boxing in it because his family's got a boxing gym. But yeah. it's it's more about this this fella who is I recommend it as well. Who's like a he's like a, a crooked person who gets shit done for celebrities. Like if it's a celebrity is sleeping with a woman and the paparazzi's outside the phone him or there was one where where the the woman died of overdose. He went in, he cleared the body, got rid of the body and all that. And he's like a proper uh, fella like that. And right. Some of the things that are happening, you kind of think this shit's real, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Because this this stuff happens. I mean, yeah, we we know some a lot of high profile people. I mean, Glenn was in Travis Barker's house today, and one of the biggest reality TV stars in the world was was going to come there. We'll talk about that in a yeah, different yeah. time if that ever happens. Uh, but it, it's mad. We we know like on a very smaller level, like some of the crazy shit that happens. Yeah. So at these higher level stuff, like. We we find out that like it's like a lot of celebrities, not that we know personally, yeah. Some of these top celebrities who's gay, you know. And I was like, uh, whoa, the married, yeah, and and the sleeping with men on the side, yeah, like men. And he's and like, like, no, and it, 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 I, I couldn't believe like yeah. some of the stories, like some of these celebrities. Like I heard Tom Cruise, then John Travolta. That was the biggest one. Was Tom Cruise? We talked to him. And John John Travolta yeah. as well. Yeah. Will Smith. Is this breaking news now? Are we like going to be? Will Smith. So this we're going to blow up after this because like <laughs> boxing life podcast exposes Tom Cruise as Will a homosexual. Smith. What about Will Smith? I don't know. I can't see that. About what this. do you think about that? I can't see that. It's hard. But do you, do you know what I get told, mate? And I've been I got told this years and years ago. And I never believed it. When you get that big, you get bored of women. No. It's. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I find, like I say, I find it impossible to believe. No, but I can't you get see that. you get so bored of women. You can have any woman you want. And you get bored of them. I don't believe it. No. Obviously. Cause, because, because, <laughs> it's weird now, but, but just think how many different kinds of women there are. How could you get bored of women? If you could have any woman you want at any time, you'd be like, all right, I'm like really into skinny chicks. All right, here's a question so for I'm you. So I'm just like smashing all these skinny chicks. Here's a question and it's for like, you. all right, I'm going to try Who would like it be? fat chicks. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> Who would any woman at any time, it would it be? Me? Yeah, still a black. I don't know, probably Britney Spears. <laughs> when Charlie Air shaved or not? Yeah, bald Britney. Like, I'm, we, we drove past that, that place tonight, the Mand- Manderton Hotel. 
Mandrington in or Mondrian. Yeah, yeah. In Sunset, that's where the famous pictures of Britney Spears were with her uh, hair shaved off. Oh, is that where uh, she did it? Yeah, and right. I think it was in Sarah. So like after she had the baby, we're going to go there for. So I'll go there for yeah, else. it's mad. And then like the Roosevelt Hotel is like where Marilyn Monroe. Uh, yeah, used to go and shit like that. It's, like, it's weird, isn't it? You don't really think of it because we live here. Yeah, it's like wow, that's mad. Yeah, that's mad. So, yeah, we went on some twists and turns with this podcast, right? So we started with Minnie Mouse, and we went through guns and suicide we and bums and cyclists, out, and found out you've got a fetish about Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> so we just got back from San Jose. Well, today we done a charity class for. Um, before we talk about that, we've done a charity class for breast cancer awareness. You weren't there, you were too busy training all these celebrities around LA. And, and we had 60 people come, and we had all the trainers there. And we had, it was great for the community. We had loads of people there for the first time. We yeah. raised over a grand. There's a bunch of footage of it all on uh, Box and Burn Instagram, right? Yeah. And we raised lots of money for breast cancer awareness. And we had people donate gifts. and someone donated uh, a, a private jet flight anywhere in California. So if you live in LA and you want to fly anywhere in California, now someone's just won a jet flight for two people. Nice. Fly anywhere That's you want in California. That's Just by coming to that class. Just by coming to that class. That's amazing. It was like 60 people. So, one in 60 so are we going to be doing these regular, like once every month or two? Once or a month. Yeah. I know we want to do some, because Kevin's mum's got Alzheimer's, we want to do some on that, because that's his charity yeah, yeah. he's really close to. Uh, so we're going to do some Alzheimer's uh, charity classes as well. But this girl who's got this, uh, she works for this private jet company. Yeah. She told us today, like, if you ever need a private jet, let me know and we'll be able to try and be able to figure it out. And I'm like, what? 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 Have you ever flown on a private jet? Yeah, you have. I you have. have. Mate, this was the best, this was the, the, the best experience ever with traveling. So I was in Toronto when Brendan Chubb fought uh, who was it? Was uh, what's he called? Olofsky. Olofsky. Andre Olofsky, and Tim Tebow was there watching. It was, uh, and then after the fight, Tim Tebow is Tim Tebow's ex- huge NFL like star, right? massive huge NFL star. Big uh, at the time ta- when he was at his peak, he was probably one of the biggest sports stars in the world, right? Or was it at least in America? Well, that's anyway. what Brendan said. I had a big argument with him because I was training Chris Hemsworth at the time, and Brendan told me. We had a big argument about it. Like he said, Tim Tebow was bigger than Chris Hemsworth. And I was like, not a chance. Because no one in, in England knows who, Chris Hemsworth, uh, who Tim Tebow is. No, in, in, sport, in, in, in sports, he was probably the biggest name at that, around that time when he was smashing in America in, in, in NFL. Yeah, because he's, he's an American fo- footballer. Yeah, he? but no one in England this knows is, who he is. This is the only place where they play that sport. So. Right, yeah, well, that's what I was seeing. Like worldwide, nah, not a chance. Anyway, so Brenner the fight and, and Tim Tebow at his uncle's private jet. Right, so the next day after the fight, me and Brendan we've got a taxi or Uber to Tim's hotel. Had a big suite that someone gave him, and it was an amazing suite. And Tim Tebow was very humble, very humble as well. I'll have to put that in there. And he says hello to anyone, gets pictures with everyone. Proper nice, nice genuine fellow. I trained him a few times as well. Yeah. So we get a big SUV comes for us from the hotel to the airport, we pull up on the runway. Did I tell you this before? No. We pull up on the runway, get out of there, there's a big red carpet into the private jet. Shit. The fella, the, the pilot, has a quick look at it. Hey, Tim, has a quick look at our passport, like not even looking at him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
gets on the flight. So wait, you don't have to go through airport security <laughs> or anything? Nah, it's for peasants. <laughs> so like, like how, what? How, how is this possible? Because it's, it's private. So it's a private airport, it's a private flight. Right. Like, what are you going to do? Bomb, fucking, or, or, or hijack your own airplane? But bec- no, but because, like, I don't know, it seems like a bit of a security risk that you don't have to do anything. You would think so, but I'm guessing I'm that... Sure, I, I feel like if, if you wanted to get something done, would that not be the way to go? Like, like tourist you, shit? Terrorist shit? Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you not... Just start getting in private jets pretty quick. Buildings and that. I I don't know. I'm I'm guessing that there's there's been like the the pilots have been vetted. Yeah. And then the pilots thought it was just me, Tim T. Wood, Brendan, and his brother got on this in this jet. Right. So maybe if it's a it's a bigger passenger jet, they know they know exactly who's coming on. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, Do you have a steward as well, like serving you drinks? No, it was tiny. It was a it was like a six seater, but it was big leather seats. Yeah. All right, boys, we ready? Boom, up in the air. Because we're flying from Canada to America, we had a... We, so it was a pretty long flight. Yeah, we but we landed at the American border. Yeah. And then went straight back up. We landed. I think we had to check our passports, get back in to, to, with the American uh, yeah. immigration, get back in, up and back down. It was fucking classmate. Nice. Tim had his music blasting and all that, and, and like, some religious shit, whatever it was. <laughs> but he had this music blasting. Uh, and I mean, it was real good. And then this is how this is how humble Tim is. So we get to Burbank Airport and Burbank, Burbank Airport, Burbank Airport, Burbank Airport. You're at Burbank Airport with some people. And we ordered Ubers, and I think I ordered mine and Brennan's. I went, oh, I'll get an Uber Black. And Tim was like, Nah, I don't like Uber Blacks. I love getting them. Yeah. And get the Uber X. Yeah. Not because he's a minch bag, because he's a gazillionaire. <laughs> because he was, he doesn't like. Like the being in the flash cars, I guess. You know, well, seeing that we just got a massive SUV escalated to the airport, yeah. private jet. But you know, so yeah. Anyway, I flew on a private jet and it was absolutely amazing. And like I said, this this girl's just said that you can get us private jets if you want to fly around. California. So, so the moral of the story is that we're going to Vegas on a private jet in October, right? Looks like it. Looks like it. No, we'll report back. Yeah, we'll talk back about <laughs> that. But yeah, I was talking. To, my wife again today about I said I said to her I says what what would you do if if you could do anything and money wasn't a problem anyway she told us but I'm gonna tell you about what I would do <laughs> and what, what I would do I would fly private like because the everywhere well not let's say if it was for two days you could do anything you want of oh, two days okay I wouldn't like when you think I wouldn't waste my time traveling I would waste my time I would do that I would do that do that experience again because the feeling that I get when I'm Pulling on an airport, getting on a plane, yeah. you just feel like you're fucking great. I love it. You know, yeah. even now when we fl- when we fly in first class now and again with Dalla, yeah. or, or we getting through the airport queues, it just gives you that little bit of feeling like, wow, I'm I've, I'm 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 living, I'm living, yeah. I'm living. Big time. This is the way it should be done. So I said, like, I, that's what I would do. I've got probably, I think you've got one or two more than me, but over the we well, might be the same, but over the next, I think five weeks, over the next month, got like six trips to go on. And probably like, you know, a bunch of flights. They're all pretty short, quick trips. Yeah. But it's just so exciting to me that I get to be like, it is. get to LAX, fly here, get out of the airport, Uber yeah. around, do stuff. You know what I mean? It just makes you feel alive. Well, now what, what we've done, because we're traveling so much, and there's a, there's a total different way of traveling, because 
I didn't know this before. Like, I didn't realise how much some people travel. Like we we've travelled probably fifteen times, flew like fifteen times this year so far. And when people travel, they get frequent flyer, freak, frequent flyer numbers and all that, and points yeah. and all that shit. Like Kevin's like a master. He, he knows everything. He's getting us free upgrades all the time to, uh, on on Delta the first class. But like now we've we've got this thing. It's called Clear, mm. where we get through uh, it's class security straight away by the check your eyeball you pay it's, it was like $75 a year was it? yeah was 70, it a year? $79 a year bargain yeah. so and they check they, they, they do all these tests and get your social security number your ID making sure you're legit this is the first time next time you go through you walk straight past the security queue you go to a little machine where they've got an eye laser they look at your eye it's you yeah you show a passport boom you're in that's it yeah. through these massive security things then from there because we've got these American Express Delta cards we go from there we go into the lounge we sit in the lounge free food coffees whatever <laughs> we want chill there and then because we've got the because we're frequent flyers we get the priority pass now from there priority we, boarding priority, priority board. Scene. we'll go there we, we we board before the before the mothers and the kids yeah. you know with the first class people if we're even not flying first class so I mean that's like the one step down from flying private. Yeah. You know? Do you think, because at some point, say like you fly to England or you have to fly to another country, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. You're going to be ruined. You're like, shit. Yeah. You know, you're going to get spoiled a bit. Oh, definitely. But I mean, let's get spoiled. And we'll, yeah. We'll oh, yeah. We'll, why not? We'll do that when we come to it and hopefully yeah. we can earn enough to, to, to fly uh, first class yeah. again, you know, because flights are an absolute fortune. <laughs> with the taxes and stuff but I mean when, you, when you're doing alright now I'm talking as if we're rich we're not rich yet I mean we're doing alright talking about being rich right uh, like five years ago if I thought I were, well not five years ago cause when I was boxing I think I might be earning about the same as I was when I was boxing but or maybe a little bit more I don't even know but five like four years ago when I started personal training I was training people for three sessions for a hundred dollars mm. right working my ass off training you for thirty dollars a session or whatever it was um, if back then I thought I was doing what I'm doing now I would have been like wow I'm rich as fuck smashing it same I know you think I'm exact same but then because we're in, we're in where we are now it's like we want to get that next level mm. It's like we're not like, and that that's that's I think that's why we are doing what we're doing and why we're successful at what we're doing because we're not just settling yeah. with with that. We always want to. You on. you always you always upgrade what you do as well. So it's like, the more money you make, it's like okay, I can afford a nice car, make a little bit more, I can afford a nicer apartment, uh, make a bit more, I can afford to have a kid, I make a bit more, I can afford to fly first class, right. I can afford to go here for a week, I can afford yeah. to go here for a week. So you start living a higher standard of life, but because you do that, you always you never feel comfortable because you're spending more. Right. You're earning a lot more, but yeah. you're upgrading your lifestyle at the same time, which yeah. costs a lot. So you you're always like this. You know you know the both both are going up, income's going up, but what you're spending's going up to maintain your better standard of living. It's not like your your paycheck's going up and up and up, and you're just staying at right. the same. It's driving the same old shitty car you had ten years ago and living in the same old apartment, and just stockpiling money. Yeah, you know, some people might do that, but I I couldn't do that. As soon as I feel like I can afford something, I'm like, all right, I can afford that now. I'm gonna get it. You're living, and then as well, I think 
now you you are no but I am we both in the in the situation now where it's like all right maybe we can't like like me we, we can't maybe I can't afford it right now but fuck it I'm gonna work for it and I'll be able to afford and I'll it. get it so <laughs> you put the pressure on yourself a little bit of pressure on yourself to be able to do that yeah and th- and then you get it and it's like wow nice you know yeah. so exactly what you see you you earn more but you, but you spend more like my rent now I haven't bought a place people in England think that I'm I'm, I'm but I've bought houses and all that. And I mean, I haven't. I've got houses in England, but not here. Like my rent on this place now is exactly three times more than when I first moved here. Yeah. Me car. What my I, so is mine. It is. Yeah. When I moved here in two thousand and six, I know exactly. What I was paying what I'm paying now. It's three times that amount right. for rent. <laughs> and then as well, me, me car is worth. Probably four times more than my first car. I got yeah. five times more than my first car that I got when I, when I was moving here. So exactly, you earn a little bit more and you spend a little bit more, but your bank account's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, shit, why am I still not rich? Why have I still not got thousands and thousands yeah. and hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank account? So that's what I mean about when, when you you just keep striving and striving for more and more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of... I think that's healthy living, though. Do you? I think so, because you're enjoying yourself. You're buying the things that you want. You've got that comfort right. where you're like, I can have nice things. I can yeah. have a nice car. You know, I can afford to keep my kids healthy and yeah. myself healthy and have like nice clothes yeah. and shit without being too lavish. And at the same time, you've still got to work hard to maintain that. So it's like right. you've, you're never going to lose that work ethic yeah. and that ambition. And th- and that's that's totally right. And I wouldn't change it. But on the other other hand is like, the the stress of earning what we're earning and not going backwards, right? Do you know? Yeah. Where is if let's say, and I told this story on a one of the first podcasts I don't know about when I went back home to England. There's a shopping place called Morrison's. It's like Vons over here. Yeah. I went in that shop, and there was a guy sh- stacking shelves in in the, in the shop. And I think you told me this before. Yeah. You might have mentioned it on a previous and, podcast. Uh, I went and. I was like, fucking hell, he's about 50-year-old, he's standing shelves in Morrison's. I mean, he must be sick, yeah. sick as fuck. I see him from behind. He turned around and... So, but so, you're never going to be that. I know, but, Ever. I'm, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing. Then he turned around and, and oh, some woman asked him where the ketchup was or whatever it was. And he looked so happy and he was really happy to tell her. And he went yeah. and, and he showed her where it was. And I was like, wow. And at the time I was, I was stressed. I think I was arguing with Kevin about something over here, something that happened at the gym. Maybe we were getting sued at the time of the meal with the thing. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I'm going through all this stress. We're living paycheck to paycheck. And this fucker here, he's 50 year old, loving life. <laughs> yeah. And his benefits is, he, he knows exactly what he's getting each week. Yeah. He knows exactly what times he can see his kids. He knows exactly when he can go on holiday. He's, he's got his systems in place. He knows when he can see his wife. He's got... He's scheduled down, he's routine down, which I think is important in life. But I haven't got now, and you've definitely haven't got a routine now uh, with with your time management and stuff. Yeah, my schedule's different every day. That's what I mean. Where but he, I love that. But that's what I mean. But where, <laughs> but where 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 him? He knows all of this stuff. Not a fucking stress in the world. Yeah. What's he got to be stressed about? Right. He can pay his rent. Obviously, he knows what he's paying. His yeah. wife's probably doing the same shit. That's why he's happy. Do you it? think, though, right, if you sat him down for an hour and picked his brains, that deep down he's he's happy or not? Cause yeah, I, I think I, he would be. I really do. I think he would be because cause he gets it. Like, 
like I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years mm. he knows exactly where he's going to be in 10 years <laughs> in the same spot <laughs> exactly but do, do you know how good that must feel obviously I'm confident in what we're doing and I'm going to be doing something whatever but like it, there's always that, that risk like, like we got sued for 250 grand about this Floyd Mayweather thing we never had a peer we got it down to 5 grand like I said but that could have went through and yeah. my fucking business and life would have been for me I could break my arm and I've got yeah I can't work for well I, I probably could but you know like get sick or yeah. you know something crazy could happen Right. Where you're in a situation where I can't use my body for a few months. Yeah. That that's the stuff that kind of stresses me out a bit. See that that that's because I'm completely. That's reliant worse than me. That. You you need to be healthy and you need to be swapping your time for money right now. That's what you're. That's right what you're now, doing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you're working towards getting out of that. But 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 when you say swapping my time for money, I am. But the time. Sp- the, that time that I am swapping for money is spent doing something that I actually love doing. Right. So it's not... Does that make no, sense? No, it doesn't make perfect sense. It's tiring, but it's not like I'm like... It's not, it's not like I'm going and sweeping floors or cleaning yeah. out bogs for me. You know, something that you don't like. And I was thinking about this the other day. Like if, well, obviously, I re- I'm a massive believer in if you're doing what you love for a living, mm. even if you're, if you're earning £100 a week or a million pounds, whatever... You're winning in life. It doesn't feel like you're you know, working. Yeah. Uh, you're winning in life. You know, if you're doing what you love every day, mm. like I love what I do, I'm winning in life. I hung out in Calabasas for three, four hours. I had an afternoon up there today, and technically it was work. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're winning in life, and I was, and I was thinking, when you're doing stuff, you, you hate, like, uh, uh, you feel like it's hard work. Yeah. Like, obviously, to get to where boxing burn is now I've worked me fucking arse off mm. but honestly it's been easy because I've loved it yeah I'm passionate about and it and you know what you're doing you know yeah but when I was boxing and it was hard as fuck the training and I didn't really like boxing yeah I fucking I was I felt and I used to tweet boxing's the hardest job in the world I think I think when you say you didn't like it I think I think you liked um, the the side effects of it and like the the upside of it. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Side I don't effects. mean side effects. That's about. <laughs> no, I know that's what you a mean. Ba- I, I, I like the positives about it. Like yeah, the, like the the you know you have fan base. Oh, I love that. Sponsorships, good money. Yeah. You know, you TV winning. exposure, winning exactly the feeling of winning, and I think probably the fighting's like a huge adrenaline rush. Right. No, it is. It's, um, it's the best. It's just it's the 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 training camps and the dinginess of. You know, 10, well, 12 being, months being sparring. Being away from your family and all that and, and getting injured and going to bed at night. I go to bed at night where... Dieting. Me, 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 full, me full body's hurting. Like, me elbows yeah. were sore. Me knees were sore. Yeah. I might have a headache off spawn. I'm hungry. And then you're going to spar again the next day. Yeah, I'm hungry. And I remember thinking, like, my hands were fucked. My wrists, my body was falling to pieces. And I'd be lying in bed in pain at night, taking paracetamols to try and ease that pain. Why the hell am I doing this? Mm. I'm doing it because it's all I can do. And I, I, I see boxing was the hardest job in the world, you know. Things like school, I hated it. Yeah. It was hard as hell. Yeah, I hated school It was easy. Well. And, but I was telling my sister, did I talk about this on the, the podcast? I was telling my sister the other, the other week because she, she packed in university because it was hard and she didn't like it. No, because she, she didn't like it. 
I said, do you think I liked getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning doing sprints, dieting, getting punched in the face all the time? No, I didn't, but I went through it. And you've got to go through hard times in life to get to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like, even, even the, the shit that you've done in your, in your past in your life when you were in that office and, and you didn't like it and you've done your training and yeah. you've worked hard and there's things that you didn't like where yeah. you, when you first start wanting the gym, I mean, I know you loved, I loved, you loved every minute of it, so I can't really see that, but like, there might have been things well, where you the, don't... The, the thing with me, when I was going through that, I wasn't getting paid to do it. So I was unemployed and right. I was getting unemployment insurance for my old job and all I knew I wanted to do was just wake up and, and like, eat my breakfast or whatever, go and run in the sun, right. go around the beach and run, because I loved doing that, come back and then go and meet my mates down at the boxing gym in the afternoon and train and spar and box and do all that shit, because that's all I love to do. But then I'd come on from that and I'd be like, I've still not got a job lined up, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know what I'm good at. Right. I'm like, And that was a big stress for like a good two, three years. I was like, this is what I love doing, but like I'm never gonna make money doing this. I'm not good enough to be a boxer. I'm like, right. I'm not good enough to be a run. You know, I'm never gonna make yeah. any money from this. There's no money in running or boxing. That's what I used to think. If I've got to get a job, what the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah. What am I gonna do? <laughs> right. Didn't know. Yeah. And it, it is, but looking back on it now, that was like paying me dues. Like what right. what you're yeah. saying. It's like doing those runs and learning and running and yeah. training and doing all that it's it's come back to me now it's easy. like whoa all that time spent do doing that is now paying off if you're doing something you love it's easy yeah even though like i said it's it's hard work like yeah what you what you've done today you've trained three hours you so so glenn trains fucking five and six hours sometimes a day more and most 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 of my days are like 12 hours 10, 12 and, hours. And that shit, he's on his feet, he's training people, he's doing pads. If you've ever done pads, if you have a whole pads, you know it's a workout in itself. Yeah. Uh, proper physical, he's one-on-one sessions, is one-on-one, not like most, like a lot of personal trainers where they're on the phone, sitting down on your feet <laughs> all the time, doing shit. It's fucking exhausting. Yeah. I 100% couldn't do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't love it, but you love it. So and then you, I'm doing the group classes at night for the gym as well. So do you, it's, it's is, easy, like, because yeah. you love it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I really believe, even though that's physical as fuck, yeah. it's easy because you love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get across to you is if you, like I said just before, if you can do something, what you love to do, you're winning in life. Oh, definitely. Because it's easy. Yeah. I never thought I would do, have you? No, do, would do what? Like what I, what I love to do for a living. Right. I don't think most people do. Yeah. I, I didn't think I would. Like, I think... There's like two steps. Your first step is find out what you love to do. And if you do find that out, then making a living from it is another step. Right. Most people don't find out what they love to do. Yeah. That's hard. It's really hard to find out what you love to do because I don't think you know what you love to do until you're actually doing it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just thinking like, so if you got, well, if you didn't have anything to do all day, what would you, what would you spend most of your time doing? Well, that's how you and find like, your passion, isn't it? Yeah. And people would be like, oh, just eat pot noodles and, and wank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think if you, if you can find, find out that, that one thing that you want to do and, and do that, and it, it comes easy. But it is so so hard, and it, the thing is, where we from? It's like we we don't get told this when we're young. Mm. We get told go and work, go like, to university, go 
go to university. Or me, I would have went, I'd go to the army. Yeah. You're going to earn 300 pounds a week. I did. And I, I'm like, whoa, 300 pounds a week, that's a fortune. Right. But you're fucking stuck in the army. Yeah, all right. Some pedo shouting his head off at you. <laughs> get down. Oh, fuck that. Uh, when I remember I got, I did two years of uh, A-levels after school. And I didn't really want to do it, but I remember they came round one lesson, vivid memory, and they're like, "These are your university applications." They were like mock university oh, applications yeah. you had to fill out, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "I don't." I'm like, "I've no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing. Or I don't right. even want to go." And then I, I looked around, and everyone's like, this. Like, right. "Proper into it." And I was just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. I'm like, and I was actually, I'd actually thought about coming to LA and like, I'd been talking with my mate about, oh, let's go to LA this summer and all that. It's like, that's all I was focused on. Yeah. And everyone else was just zoned into what university they were going. I was like, yeah. It's mad. I, I don't think. But I just felt weird. I felt like, am I weird here? That I don't right. want to do this. I think any age, I don't know if this is like a, like for me, it was like 27 when I, I started loving this stuff. But I don't think, that, I don't know if there is an age where it's like, when you're 27, this is when you can find out what you want to do because you've done everything else. I don't know if that... No, I don't think there's a specific time. It's funny like what you said about when you've got your careers and what do you want to do. Sarah's dad was telling us, Nigel, and he's just turned 60. When he was in school, it was like, all right, here's your options. Go down the pit or work in a factory. Which one is it? Yeah. So we went down the pit. And that's what the options are. And I mean, for for us, I mean, I'm 32 now, you're like 35 now, right? Yeah. And for, for us, when we were at school, we had a few more options. But like I said, I would have been in the army, but the, the army and there's a few more different things out there. The odd person really squeezed through and done well. Yeah. But now this generation is told, yeah, you can do anything you want to do. Anything you want. Anything yeah. you want to do. That's a good thing though. It's got its benefits. And but it it's not real. It's not always realistic. Yeah, not everybody can do anything but, they want to do. Pe- people, no, people get told Some people you, can. You, you can do whatever you want to do, but they don't get told you've got to work your fucking ass off for it. Re- yeah, you, that's you, a great you, point. You've got to. Uh, you're going to go through the days or the years of not liking what you do. Yeah, to be able to do what you do, they to don't right. get told that. Yeah, and that's kind of what is ruining the generation. Yeah, I see yeah. that that talk from Simon Sneak. Upon the millennials, mm-hmm. and that's what he that's what he says. So, it, uh, that, that that's why it's not doing it. Yeah, and I said this on the last podcast as well. Every every person now, well, the the, the see the average millennial now has a new career every four years, and within that four years, they change the job twice. And we've seen it in the gym where people oh, I want to be a trainer, and then in that four years. To work at two different gyms or three different gyms, yeah, and it's like ah, training's well for me. I want to get into. I, I feel like I was a little bit like that because I thought I wanted to do one thing. I spent probably four years trying to do it, and then realized like, no, this isn't exact. This isn't anything what near what I thought I was going to be doing. Right. And then I I just switched career paths. Right. I'm fortunate that I managed to find something I loved. Yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard, and I don't envy anyone out there now now doing it. And there's and I can really see why, how people change their career paths all the time because, like, if you if you're not not happy, you're going to change. But people don't realize that you're not going to be happy all yeah. the time. What what I think people need to do is figure out when you do find something that you like and love doing is go full steam ahead of it and, like you said, work your ass off at it and almost define yourself. 
like when I realise like okay I'm going to be a trainer now this is like what I am then it's like that's kind of what I'm going to define myself as is like I'm going to be full steam ahead with this and do anything I can on top of that that's related to it right I wasn't like oh, I'm doing a bit of training but like I might do a bit of this and I still might want to do a bit of this later on down the line or, do you know what I mean like no this is what I am I'm gonna, yeah. this is what I'm going to I am and this is, I want to be the best at it yeah you know but even yeah and it, even with that like you, there's not many but you still have the hard the, the days where it's like oh, you know, especially at first, because at first you don't make any. Like you said, you didn't make any money. Yeah, you got to build, and, and then and then you make a little bit of money. We we've had two trainers working for us who they've been with us for three months, and that might be earning a grand a month, mm. a little bit more, and they see people like you earning a few thousand a week, and it's like, what the fuck? I want to be there right now. Yeah, but no, but you, it, it took me like. It took me six years to get to that point. But, but yeah, five, five and and then but they, they don't realize you've got to put the work in. They want it right now, and this comes down to another thing he said. Uh, comes down to the the instant gratification that we used to get in all the time mm. by the phones. Yeah, we used to in, in instant grat- gratification. Uh, it's so actually they get frustrated and pissed off that it's not happening. Yeah, go and look for the next one. And there's that many there's that many overnight billionaires now or millionaires with the with the tech the tech world, which mm. I'm all for that and I love that. Now there's a podcast out there called How We Built It. I love it. Have you listened to that yet? No. It's produced really, really well. Way better than this one. <laughs> and uh but it's really good, I'll recommend it. And I listened to the one talking about Airbnb, the owners of Airbnb. Did I tell you that or not? I think so. Really. Uh, so so good. And it tells you the story about them, how the Two entrepreneurs are really hungry, wanting to do stuff. Yeah, and the if you don't know what Airbnb is, Airbnb is like uh, how would you how would you describe it? Uh, I'd say people who want to rent their houses out, right? When, yeah, when they're away or buy, or they've got houses they want to rent it out. People want to trying to compare it to another business, maybe like Uber for houses. Yeah, you can get you one like in, a house on demand. You get one instantly. You, you can book it in advance. But it's like people who let's say if you're going on holiday for two weeks and your em- house is empty, you can. You can rent it out, out. Yeah. yeah. So th- these guys that they were trying to think of ideas, what to do. I can't remember what they said the first business was, but then one day they put online that they were out of room out for rent, and someone come in and they rented the room out. Then uh, they were like, "Oh, maybe that's a good idea. Rent rooms out in your house, spare rooms." And then it went from that into houses, and they were excited. And then they, then they got these massive investors from San Francisco, Silicon Valley, six of them come in to talk about investing them. Right. Do you know how many invest in them? In Fucking none. Really? They were like, who the hell wants a stranger to come and sleep yeah, in yeah. their house? And that's not happening. Right. It's dangerous. Not Do you know what I th- I think as well? When Airbnb, when I first heard about it, I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, oh, this is a bit, this is a bit weird. Creepy. And then I thought the same about Uber. Right. People drive, I'm going to drive around in my own car and it's like random people get in my car. Yeah. I'm like, this ain't gonna work. People are gonna get took out and mm. cars robbed and all. Just that negative, no, it's not gonna work mentality. Yeah. Proper, proper English. <laughs> and uh, look at them, two of the most successful businesses. Right, yeah. Of and, modern times. And, and I mean, that story was amazing because now it's, you see how safe it is because they do background checks on everyone, the same yeah. with Uber, how, how, uh, how they do background checks on Uber as well. Super safe. And mm. then they can review the, the passengers. 
the, the drivers get reviewed, the same with the houses, the house get reviewed, yeah. the customers get reviewed, so you know you're not getting weirdos in. Yeah. Amazing business model. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing, people are seeing this and they want a piece of it, which is fine, which is fine. Scary thing is now, though, is like, if you get an idea, what do you do with it? Because... You go on Dragon's Den. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, um, I uh, speaking of that, talking like business investment, I watched a probably... Five hours straight of Dragon's Den the other night. <laughs> it's, I, I've, I've loved Best. it since the beginning, but I've not watched it for a long time. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to watch some Dragon's Den. And I was just like right back on it. I'm like right back into it again. Yeah. It's class. And then if you go on YouTube and type in funniest Dragon's Den pitch out of all the series, it's the funniest one. This one guy, <laughs> his, his invention is how to get a six-pack if you're fat in like instant it's so, like, you think, oh, great. <laughs> and he comes in with his son, and his son stood next to him with his shirt off, and he's overweight, his son. <laughs> and all the investors are like, what the, what's this about? And he's going, and then he pulls out a board of, like, an average-looking body and then a six-pack body. And he's like, I'm going to show you how to get from this to this in, like, one easy move. And like, all right, well, what is it? And he's like, spray. <laughs> it's, a, it's a card, piece of card with three, six holes cut yeah. out and you just spray dark spray tan over the holes. Yeah. So you basically do like a spray paint job on your abs, and then you take it off, and your abs are there. How do Like look? spray painted on. Terrible. Did it? But the we the reason why it's so funny is because all the investors, the dragons, they're just like, this guy's fucking nuts. Because he goes, I don't have a business. I don't have a business plan, but I know this is going to sell like crazy. Wow. And it's weird because there's this, do you remember the Scottish guy, Duncan Bannatyne, yeah. like all these health clubs. He's like, for a split second, he's like, this could sell. And he's like starting to think about it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we'll it, I think if you go on YouTube, type it in. Well, like we'll get it on the show pitch. notes. Yeah, go to boxinglifepodcast.com forward slash 69, Glenn's favourite number. Yeah, and yours. We'll get it on. No, I mean, I'm not going to that shit. No, I'm really. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's getting late and we've been podcasting for a long time. This has been great, Mr. Holmes. Yeah, we've summed up LA. So if anyone's thinking of moving to LA don't do it listen to this podcast you never come in no LA is the best place in the world I love it the land of opportunity we do what we do we're talking about we love what we do it's through LA we couldn't do this in England or or anywhere well probably maybe New York but you know LA is the best yeah it is the best thank you for listening if you're listening to, to this all the way to the end I'm going to give you a free T-shirt because this was a, the longest podcast we've ever done. If you're listening to the end, intentionally, we're trying to make it yeah, a little I bit mean, longer. Yeah, let us know what you what you think. But should we make it longer? Should we make it shorter? Right. Is it good do how it like, is? Or do you like it long? Or give do you us like feedback. It short and fat. <laughs> long and skinny or short and fat. Uh, yeah. If you're listening to this all the way to the end, and you're still listening right now. I want to give you a free T-shirt. So uh, message me on the Box and Life podcast forward slash 69 you can message me through that and I'll get a notification I'll see that you have listened at the end uh, anything else to plug Glenn follow me on Instagram instead. no don't follow Glenn on Instagram <laughs> don't follow him on Instagram he's terrible he posts every fucking three weeks or something follow me <laughs> no, uh, we, we, we follow, follow him for uh, slow motion videos of heads getting punched in oh did you see that I, I did see it, that did. yeah did you like it I was going to post a comment saying stop posting this shit because it's distressing <laughs> I'm looking at a guy who's going like getting punched it takes like ages, over a minute 
and his head's wobbling. See his lips? I'm like, I see don't want to watch it. See his lips? They're like, come off his head. It's fucking weird. And then, <laughs> and then the other one I posted was the concussion one. Yeah. We're going to be doing a, a podcast with Dr. Benedict, things called Benedict, uh, in Vegas on October 5th. That'll be going out on October 9th about brain health and about the damage that's done to boxing. I'm really excited to do that podcast over in Vegas. At the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. The Cleveland Clinic Vegas and yeah, all the, all these all this information will be on, on the show notes. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Boxing Life podcast and we will see you later.